Hey, I'm Janelle Ane, and you are listening to the Next Level Confident Podcast, a show focused on helping you live your most confident life, whatever that means to you. My husband and co-host, Frankie, and I will be chatting about everything from money to relationships to thought patterns and inner healing to having main character energy to the occasional Netflix show reference. So if you are ready to overcome your negative self-talk, start becoming the most magnetic version of yourself and living your life in full confidence so you can finally go after your dreams, then you are in the right place. And it's time to start showing up as this confident version of you right now. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Next Level Confident Podcast. I am so excited to be finally releasing this episode because I did part one, oh gosh, like six weeks ago or something like that. And then I left for Europe and we moved and all these other things. And so I got super off track and now I'm back to finish the story of all of my career changes. And again, to really inspire you that it is okay for you to change your career path and to explore and try a lot of different things. Like there's no one right path. And I think it's kind of crazy to think that we're all going to know what we want to do at the age of 18 when we go get a college degree. So I think there's some sort of stat, like 75% of people don't even use their college degree. I don't know. I pretty much made up that stat, but I have heard something like that. And so I think it's just giving you permission to, to make those changes. Um, So where we left off on the last episode, I, you guys, I actually re-listened to that last episode and I don't usually re-listen to my podcast to be fully honest with you because it's like weird to listen to my own podcast. Um, But I was re-listening a bit and I was like, wow, you really were rambling and off in a million different directions and going into the weeds, which whenever I record a podcast with Frankie, he has zero patience for that stuff. So I, it kind of like, hones me in a little bit more. But when Frankie's not here, gosh, your girl can just talk. So I'm going to try to be a little bit better on this episode, but feel free to message me if you listen to this one and it's a little bit more like to the point and a little less detail-y and you're like, no, I actually like part one better because I like when you go into all those random details and all the different, you know, directions. Or if you're like, Hey, I actually really like part two better because it was more to the point and I really appreciated that. So anyway, let me know what you like better, but I'm going to try to go a little bit more to the point today. And so where we left off last time was me talking about all the different jobs that I did in Colorado. And basically then we get to the part where I moved to San Diego. So I moved to San Diego in 2016. So it was two years after college, and I decided to completely change my career path. I had gone to school for hospitality management with a minor in business, and I decided I wanted to be in the fitness industry. So when I moved to San Diego, I had three jobs. In the beginning, I was teaching boot camps at a park three days a week. I think it was like 5.30 or 6 a.m., way too early. I hate waking up early. Um, And that was an hour. And then I would get in my car, and I would change in my car and do my makeup in my car, And I would go work for a company called Electrolife. And I, at first, was doing um, like brand stuff for them in the store. Like I would go and people, like I would do testers for people. Like I would give people a taste of the Electrolife drink. 
Um, and then I ended up convincing them to let me do social media, which to be honest, I barely knew anything about social media at the time, but I did know more than they, I did know more than they knew. So anyway, I, I pitched them on why I should be their social media manager. And somehow they said yes, miraculously. And so three days a week, I would go into the office and I would work there on social media stuff. And then the third job that I had was working at Orange Theory. And so I worked all three of those jobs and it was a lot. And I was like going more into, I was like going into debt because I came to San Diego with not very much money. And it really felt like a couple of steps backward because I had been working at the tech company. And when I quit the tech company, you know, and then moved to California and then took all three of these jobs. Yeah. I definitely felt like a step back. So I feel like one thing to realize is that sometimes when you make career changes, I feel like sometimes you almost do have to take a step or two backwards, not always, but just sometimes that happens. And I think it's okay. Like if it puts you on the long-term trajectory of where you want to be, then it's worth it. And if you've read my book, I talk a lot about short-term sad face equals long-term happy face. Whereas sometimes short-term happy face can equal long-term sad face. So what that means is that you know, sometimes you can live for a short-term gratification. It feels good right now. This could be in your relationships. This could be in your career. It could be in anything. It could be your health, but long-term it's going to bring you sadness because you're not actually doing the thing that you know you're supposed to do deep down. Whereas sometimes when you make a shift, so like in this episode, like we're talking about with career shifts, um, it was a short-term sad face for me to take steps back, but then I knew it was going to propel me forward long-term. And that's what I, that's what I cared about more, more was like my vision for my life and where I was headed. Because if I just stayed on that trajectory, I was on working at the tech company. I just knew I wasn't excited about that trajectory. So yeah. So short-term sad face equals long-term happy face. So I'm working my three jobs here in San Diego. And, um, why I was working at orange theory was because I wanted to become a trainer there. So I wanted to be like the instructors that teach the classes. And I was getting my personal training certification at that time. And you do have to be a certified personal trainer to lead those classes. And so I was like practicing all the time. And I'm going to try to make a long story short on this one, but basically I tried out once I got cut from it and I was really bummed. And I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just got cut because I had poured like so much into that. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to try again. Like, that's okay. If you don't get it the first time, you try, try again. Or what is it? If you did first, and at first you don't succeed, you try, try again. <laughs> I have no idea what that's from, but um, something growing up. And so I was like, that's fine. Like it really sucked, but I'm going to try again. And so for two or three more months, I kept practicing. And every day, you know, if you go to an orange theory, if you know what it is, it's kind of like a group boot camp type class and there's like treadmills and rowers and then there's like TRX and weights and so you kind of get a lot of cardio and weightlifting and all these things. Um so I would go in there when there was no classes and I would practice on the mic because you have the same experience at every orange theory you go to. So it's kind of like McDonald's or Starbucks or whatever like no matter where you go you're there you want you to have the exact same experience so you have a script that you have to memorize in all this stuff. So basically I tried to memorize the script. Well, actually I didn't try. I didn't try. I did. I did memorize that script. In fact, I practiced it 
over and over and over and over and over again. And I poured a bunch more hours into it. I was just so excited to be an orange theory fitness instructor. And so then I went to the next tryout and I was like, I am so ready for this. And I crushed it. Like I really, really crushed it. And I was staying late and helping other trainers who were trying out who didn't work at Orange Theory. And I wanted to help them with their script um, and help them feel comfortable on the mic. Like I was just like going above and beyond. And on day three, it was a four-day tryout. On day three, I got cut again. And this time I was like pissed and devastated, but pissed. And I was like, oh, hell no. And I had gotten texts from so many of the other trainers that I tried out with that were like, my gosh, like you were one of the best in the room, all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, what is going on here? Like all these people don't even work at Orange Theory and they're, you know, getting more of a chance than I am. And I've been working here for six months working as a front desk girl, like a, they call it like a sales representative, but I was a front desk girl, which was very, very lowly feeling. And I was going into debt, doing all this stuff just because I believed so much in my dream. Um, so when I got cut there, it kind of like lit a fire underneath my butt. And I was like, no, I am not going to work for someone who doesn't believe in me. And so I remember I sat down the kind of like a head honcho guy who was like in charge of I don't know, maybe like four or five or six locations here in San Diego. And I was like, I let him know. I was like, hey, I'm not going to work for someone who doesn't believe in me. Like I will only work for companies who push me and I may not be perfect, but I know I did a really, really damn good job at that tryout. So, you know, like this isn't going to work for me. I'm going to go work for someone else. And at that time I didn't have another job or anything like that lined up to replace that income. I just knew I would not work for someone who treats me like that because I just had that level of self-worth of like, no, you know, I, I, it's not like I'm expecting special treatment or anything, but it felt like I was like getting the opposite of special treatment. I felt like I was like, they are being harder on me because I already worked there or or something. I have no idea. But I also think God always like closes doors that are meant to be closed. So I still see that as like a blessing now, but at the time it felt very painful. So that door was closing. And simultaneously what was happening was that same weekend, this is actually kind of a wild story. I, so, okay, let's see. I was working at Electrolife, that, you know, sports beverage company. And I had decided I was going to do a collab with the fitness trainers at a gym here in San Diego called Fit Athletic Club. And it's downtown. It overlooks the Padres baseball stadium. And it's like pretty bougie. It's kind of like an equinox if you know about like bougie equinoxes. So anyway, super beautiful, super nice. And I I was going there to drop the product off and I met with their social media manager and I was going to have, yeah, the trainers put about post about it on their stories, blah, 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 blah. And I get in, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. This is so luxurious. I freaking love this. This feels so nice. And so I asked the gal that I met up with there, Nina, I was like, hey, how does someone get a job here? And so she was like, let me go get the, the, um, like the manager of all the trainers. And I, and I was like, no, 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 I'm fine because my dog Huckleberry that I grew up with, Sheltie, we had only Shelties. I don't know if anyone else was a Sheltie family, but we had Shelties growing up like 
not ever at the same time. We never had three at the same time, but we had three total. Like we'd have one and then yeah, it passed. Anyway, so Huckleberry was like my main dog I grew up with and Huckleberry had been, had to get put down to sleep this day. So I had been crying all day. I was like no makeup, greasy hair, wearing a really like sloppy outfit. So it really wasn't a good time for me to be like potentially throwing my name in the bucket for, you know, for getting a job opportunity. So I say, no, she doesn't listen to me. She goes and grabs Eugene and he comes and talks to me. And he basically says immediately, he's like, yeah, all of our trainers here, they have, um, you know, at least two years experience. And most of them have a four-year degree, like in sports and exercise science and all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. That's, that's, that's awesome. And he's like, so what experience do you have? And I'm like, well, I just passed my personal training certification like four weeks ago. And I've been coaching a boot camp at a park for like four months or something like that. And so he's like, so you don't have any experience like training people in a gym. And I was like, correct. <laughs> um, and, and he was like, okay. And then basically like, you know, I, I wasn't even expecting anything at that point. Cause I was like, okay, I obviously don't have any of the qualifications they're looking for, but him and I ended up just like chit chatting a bit. And then by the end of us chatting, he was like, you know what, I'm going to get you an interview here. And I was like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, no, it's totally fine. Like, I'm not going to get the job. Don't, I don't want to even waste my time. And I also was thinking I already have three jobs. I have the boot camp job. And then I also have, you know, the social media job. And then I also am about to become an orange theory fitness instructor. So I was like, I really don't have time for this thing, but I, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. You know, just like putting myself out there. And so, yeah, bringing the long story of this all to a close is that that I, I think my days are getting a little bit mixed up, but I believe that was on a Thursday. I think the first day of the tryout was the next day for Orange Theory. And that was, yeah, Friday, Saturday. I got I got cut on Sunday. Then I cried all day in bed, devastated. And then by Monday, I was like, oh crap, like I guess I actually do need that job interview at Fit. And so I like put together a resume and the resume was kind of like, there wasn't much to put on it, but you know, you just try to beef it up the way you can and make things sound like, you know, it's like when I worked at the tech company, here are the things that would make me an asset to this gym. Um, so yeah, I put in my resume and then I went through all four interviews and I magically somehow got a job there. Still to this day, I'm like, it was totally a God thing because I have no idea how that all worked out because I did not have any of the qualifications, but they basically were like, Hey, we want you to have a little bit more experience and knowledge. So they, they had me get another certification, which was the, um, NASM corrective exercise science certification. And so I got that and I worked at their front desk for like six weeks while I got that. And then six weeks later, I started as a trainer at fit and and then I ended up quitting all the other jobs because fit ended up being a full-time job for me. And really quickly, I like hit the ground running and yeah, I mean, it's kind of wild, but I actually became one of the top trainers there within like three months of being there, which for having, you know, no experience, it was kind of wild, especially because I literally, when I was like going to show up for my first day of like being a personal trainer, I was freaking out. I was like, I had just read all the books and all the books were like, what to do when you're, you know, if your client gets in a heart attack or something during the middle of training and like how to use like the, like, what is it called? The thing where you like the AFib, whatever it is. And then you, you just like 
boom, you know, anyway, bring him back to life. So I'm like freaking out. Cause I'm like, am I going to like, am I going to kill someone on this first day? Like, what if I give someone a heart attack? So I was just like really nervous, but anyway, it all worked out. Things were going great there. And I was training a bunch of, um, entrepreneurs because I was in downtown San Diego and San Diego has so many entrepreneurs. So I really just started to be around the mindset of entrepreneurs. And I was getting really into personal development. I was listening to a lot of podcasts about personal development. I started going to personal development conferences. Like, I don't know if you guys know who Jack Canfield is, but he had an event here in San Diego. And so I went to his event. And also funny story is that he mentioned during the conference that he was like working on his health. So then when we broke for lunch, I ran up there like really quickly. And I like, there was only like three other people who tried to go talk to him, which I was like, what the heck? Come on, people. Like, why don't you want to talk to Jack Canfield? So I go up there and I was literally just like, Hey Jack, I'm a personal trainer. And I heard that you, you know, from stage, you said that you're looking to, and I like talked about his pain points of like, you want to, you know, loosen up your stiff joints and like lose some body fat or whatever. And so I was like, let me get your phone number. And I was like, and I can train you. (laughs) And he gave me his phone number. So to this day, I actually do have Jack Canfield's personal cell phone number. And I ended up like texting him a little bit. He didn't respond very many times, but I did get his address and I sent him like all these videos. I sent him a whole box. The videos were virtual, but I sent him a box of like bands and foam roller. And then I like taught him how to use it. Anyway, nothing came from it, but you got you to gotta put yourself out there. I mean, if there's anything else that you're getting from this episode, I hope it's that you just got to put yourself out there, do ballsy things, feel underqualified, but do it anyway. You know, put your hat in the basket. Is that what it is? Put your, put your name in the basket or put your name in the hat. Like, just go for it. You know, like fall forward. I feel like that's like the, the moral of my story is just like falling forward and just trying new things and all this stuff. So, um, So yeah, I would say like by probably like January of 2018, I had been working at Fit for like nine months and I just knew that I was going to be quitting soon because I started building my social media on the side and I was starting to get a lot of followers and I like what, what would happen as a trainer is a lot of times you have like a split shift. So basically that means that I train clients at like well, at first I had to do some 5 a.m.s and 6 a.m.s, but as I got better, I would just like cut those out and I could be like, no, I only do 7 a.m.s. So for example, I might have a 7 a.m. client, 8 a.m. client, 9 a.m. client, maybe a 10 a.m. And you can only do eight sessions a day, by the way, because you're not allowed to like pass the 40 hour a week thing, at least under like the umbrella of management that I was in. So I would do like three or four sessions in the morning time. And then I would have like this kind of split in the daytime. And then usually I would train again at like a three o'clock session, four o'clock session, five o'clock session, or four or five, six, that kind of thing. So it was long days. Like a lot of times my days were like 12 hour days, but I was only working eight hours. So I would have like a three or four hour break in the middle. And I would go down to the coffee shop and I started to work on my brand there. And I started to be like, okay, like what I want my company to be called. And I started to research like how to build an email list and, and how to create a freebie and offer that freebie on your website or sorry, offer the freebie on your Instagram so that people will be on your emailing list. So I was just like really starting to dabble in like entrepreneurship and business. And I was kind of just teaching it to myself down at that coffee shop in between working at fit. And yeah. And then I like ended up sitting by a guy who is actually one of fits like marketers and 
he was at the coffee shop working on Fitz's website and he ended up showing me, he was like, you know, you're actually the number one most clicked trainer in all of the fit locations in all of San Diego. And he was able to show me like hot spots of like hot spot, meaning like when you hover, this is so wild. When you hover your clicker over someone's face, or if you hover your clicker anywhere on a website, there are marketers who can actually go and look at that data and see like what time of day is like the most clicks and what area of the page is the most click. So it kind of like helps you know what on your website is working versus what's not. So as far as the trainers go, he was showing me that I was like the number one clicked trainer. And he was showing me all the little, like, it basically shows you like red dots. So it shows you like where people's mice like hover while they like read about you. I don't know. It's crazy. But all that goes to say is that that kind of like put a little bit of belief, I would say into my because here I kind of felt like this imposter and here I felt like, who am I to even get this personal training job? Because I don't have a four-year degree. Like most of the other people, I don't, didn't have two years experience. I was basically just trying to like not give people heart attacks, you know, things of that nature. And so for him to be like, you're the top trainer, that definitely gave me a boost of confidence. And to know that like my profile on the website was the most viewed, um, at the same time, like as I was posting on Instagram and stuff, I had another guy who ended up being a mentor of mine for a while who was like, Hey, what's your website domain? Have you bought your website domain? And I was like, no. And he's like, okay, I'm buying it for you. So no one else takes it from you. Cause sometimes what will happen if you want like a specific website. So like for me, it was janellelenae.com at that time. And I still own that one. But, um, like, like if someone sees some, there are, I don't know what they would be, but like scammers practically, but like marketer people, I don't even know people who they will see an Instagram that's like growing. And then they'll be like, Oh, I can take their, the, like, if it's Janelle and a, they'll, they would take Janelle and com, and then they would try to sell it to me. Cause they'd be like, she's going to end up wanting that. And then I can sell it to her and they can sell it for a pretty high price. Cause if you really want your name and they own it, you can't get it unless you pay it. So then they can reach out and be like $1,500, even though it was only supposed to be like, they only pay like a hundred dollars for it. So that's how they make a profit. So anyway, it seems like a really stupid freaking business to me and very, I don't know, shady, but so this guy bought my domain and he was my, my friend, Justin. And he was like, I bought this. Let me know when you want to start building your website. Like I can help you build your website. So I just kind of had like people in my corner that were believing in me, you know, to like have different people be like, Hey, like I can help with this. Hey, you should do this. Like, Hey, this is going really well for you. So I just started to like, really think like I could start my own company. Like I really could do this. So about six years ago, I was living in a city. I wasn't excited to be living in working a job that felt purposeless and unfulfilling and attracting romantic relationships that were uninspiring. I started to have this feeling like there has got to be more to life than this. Surely I have more potential than what I'm living up to today. I wanted to have the confidence to make some ballsy changes, to start a new career path I was pumped about, and to stop immediately disqualifying myself from every opportunity that excited me. I wanted to become the woman that would attract a high quality man that treated me like the queen I knew I was deep down, and to have a healthy relationship together. Most importantly, I wanted to drastically change my negative self-talk and overcome these limiting beliefs that made me feel sad and unworthy from the moment I woke up every single day. Maybe some of you listening can relate to this. I just knew there had to be a way 
to reinvent myself and stop living such a freaking mediocre life. Ugh, I just wanted to live a life I could honestly say that I was proud of. So even though everyone else thought that I was crazy, I moved across the United States alone, changed my career path just two years after getting a very expensive four-year degree, sorry mom and dad, built a successful online brand, attracted my dream husband, and proved everybody wrong. And what was it that got me to finally take these wild leaps of faith? It was because I began building inner confidence through mindset work. The mindset tools I learned, I soon realized, were the only real way I was able to get to the root of what was causing my constant self-sabotage. And the same goes for you. You could be attracting your dream life if you had the confidence to go after things before you felt ready. If you trusted yourself and believed in your inner worth, then you would take messy action. So at this point, I have helped a couple thousand women in all different industries, like commercial real estate, tech sales, business owners, product managers, fitness instructors, and so many more to be able to overcome their negative thoughts of unworthiness and learn how to powerfully take up space and go after their dreams with confidence. So if you want to learn more about Confident Life Academy, how to get out of the negative prophecy loop that you're in, how to magnetize incredible opportunities your way, and to discover proven strategies so you can speak your mind, stop worrying about other people's opinions, and finally be more confident, I would love to have you come join my free masterclass called The Top 3 Reasons You're Struggling to Find Confidence. The link to join the masterclass will be in the show notes of this episode and will be linked in my Instagram bio at Janelle Lene. Remember, this is a completely free class, so there's literally no risk to join, but the rewards could pay off for years to come. See you there. So it was March in 2018 when I ended up quitting. So it was one year after I got my job at Fit. I was there for one year and I didn't really have that much money in my bank account. If I'm being honest, I think I had less than like four or $5,000. So like, I don't know, like not that much. Um, And I actually had just hired a coach that I paid for on a credit card and that was $5,000. So really, if you think about it, I was probably in the negative or at zero, but I just you know, took the risk. And I will say going back, if I could do it over, I wish I would have gotten a part-time job because, oh yeah, because the gym that I worked at, I asked them if I could start my own company on the side. And they said, no, because my company next level confident was going to be mindset and personal training online. And I was having people reach out to me through Instagram to say, Hey, can you personal train me? And so when I asked them, Hey, can I do this? They said, no. And so I wanted to respect that, even though there actually were other trainers who were not respecting that and doing it behind their back. But for me, like obviously integrity and like honesty is my my top value. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to lie and and say I'm not taking clients online and then also take clients online. So I said, so I turned away those people and I just said, Hey, I'll let you know. when I launched my online stuff. And so I really couldn't like do a crossover. So what I wish I would have done is I wish I would have gotten a part-time job, even if it was something kind of, again, humbling, like nannying or a serving job or a barista or something like that, because going from like making, I was making pretty dang good money at the gym because I was doing so well and working so many hours and 
and it was a bougie gym. So, you know, it was like more luxury prices. Um, to go from that to like not really having much of an income and then like launching my business off of that. I will say like, I feel like some of my sales calls in the beginnings, I was like super scarcity driven. And if any of you like were a part of that, I am really sorry. Cause I feel like I was just like learning that, you know, I thought sales was like about like convincing someone to sign up right now and you have one hour to make the decision. And then every, the price goes up in one hour. And it was just like, so like salesy and stuff. But I just, I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. And so anyway, so it was kind of a rough beginning. Um, but for a year and a half, I was doing next level confident in the way of fitness. So I was doing like personal training online and nutrition and mindset. And a lot of my clients, when they'd get done, they'd be like, Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. I loved all of it. Yeah. I lost the weight or like got more lean or got more strong or whatever. But the main thing I really loved about everything that you taught is that like the, it was the mindset modules and I had created my own, you know, custom mindset modules and everyone just kept coming back to the mindset modules, the mindset modules, the mindset modules. And so I was like starting to really realize how much I love talking about mindset and like deeper matters of the heart. And I was starting to realize I really didn't love talking about, you know, like macros or like how much time to spend on an elliptical or how much time to be weightlifting versus doing cardio. Like I kind of just like, that was like sucking my soul. And so I was like, oh, I don't want to keep doing fitness. So then in November, let's see, no, in August of 2019, I moved to back to Denver for Frankie. So if you guys don't know that part of our story, when we met, we did long distance. He lived in Denver. I lived in San Diego. Well, right before we got married, literally 30 days before we got married, I moved to Colorado. And so moved to Colorado, August, 2019. And I was kind of decided to use that move to Colorado, even though I really didn't want to move to Colorado. I was like, you know what, maybe this is kind of a time to rebrand myself and like kind of move away from being a fitness girly and move a little bit more towards like confidence in a more holistic mindset way. And, and even like, maybe like kind of in the career aspect. So in November of 2019, I launched the confidence workshop. And what I did is that we lived in an apartment complex in downtown Denver and they had a really beautiful, nice, you know, like common space. And I asked if I could rent out the common space and they said yes. And I invited, you know, people from Instagram and friends and previous clients of mine and previous people who, you know, I went to high school with in Colorado and things like that. Um, I invited them to this workshop and then I got a photographer, which was a friend of mine also who I did photo shoots with when I was like 16 and doing my modeling stuff. So it's kind of cool. It was like full circle, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like 10 years, no, over 10 years later. Cause I think it was like 27 at that point or 28. Um, anyway, she came and she did all the photos of the confidence workshop and she did videos. And then I created a whole new website. So like my website before was like all fitnessy and I completely rebranded and I, I was all about like confidence with mindset. And I decided I wanted to speak for companies and teach women how to build confidence in their mindset for work. And, but at first it was kind of more just like, I wanted to teach holistic confidence, but I like, was like, I'll just speak for companies and teach women how to build confidence. And then as I started to lean into that, I found a niche and the niche was STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. And, you know, it was working really well. So that's like kind of why I went down that pathway. But what I will say is that like over time, I started to realize like 
I don't really have much of a connection to STEM because I worked in technology for two years, but that was from 22 to 24. And I really, I was an executive assistant. So I really wasn't like, you know, super on the techie side of things. Really, I would just say like, it wasn't where my passion lied, but I think I just did it because it felt like a good next move and I am grateful for it, you know? And so really I started to like, I got all these like awesome speaking engagements pretty quickly after, you know, November, I, I created the new website and then I like created a LinkedIn, which I like never used LinkedIn prior to this really. And then I started adding companies on LinkedIn and, and like cold messaging people and getting on calls with different companies. And so I, I, you know, ended up being able to speak for a bunch of fortune 500 companies. So you know, I spoke for Cisco really early on a couple different of the the Cisco women's groups. And then, you know, ended up getting other big names like Pinterest and Zoom and McAfee and a bunch of others. I just kept, you know, my whole niche was like confidence for women in STEM. I really went in on that and it was working really well. So I liked that. Um, you know, a lot of speaking agents were coming to me. People were even finding me. Like I remember, I got hired by a company in Ireland that was like for um, girls that were in college that were in STEM. And I like did a virtual speaking engagement during COVID for this group of women in Ireland, like, and they found me. So it was like kind of crazy. People were finding me because the niche was so niche. And they say like, if you've never heard this before, but the, the riches are in the niches. So the more niche you are in a business, the better your business does. But if you're like too broad and you try to please everyone. It's kind of like a good metaphor and lesson for life, right? If you try to please everyone, you're basically going to please no one. But if you're willing to take opinions and stands on things in life, then like there's going to be more people who don't like you, but then there's going to be more people who really love you and like really align with your message and align with who you are. So that was my niche. Um, and so that, that has been since, yeah. So like November, 2019 until really like about I'd say about a year ago is when I started to really rethink that. So that would be like maybe, yeah, maybe like summer of 2022. So I went pretty strong with that for three, about three years, um, speaking engagements, coaching, all this stuff, you know, wrapped around the the women in STEM thing. But I will say that throughout, I think like a year or two, and I started to really feel like, I don't know if this is the right fit for me. People would like sometimes ask me when I would be about to speak for a company, they'd be like, what got you so passionate about like teaching women in STEM how to grow their confidence? And I'd be like, you know, I was like, I just, I know that sometimes women in male dominated industries, like men can really take over the room sometimes and like, you know, just take up more space and not leave the space for women. So I loved like helping women really know how to take up space and how to set their boundaries and how to know their worth. And like, again, things are just going really well. And I had clients who like, I worked with one-on-one and like one of my clients doubled her, her income, which I think, you know, I don't know her exact numbers, but she was already making six figures before. So she doubled that. So she was making multiple six figures. And then another client, you know, ended up making 70 K more from us working together. So like I had all these cool numbers around it. I think it felt really good, but if I'm being really honest with you guys right now, I think that like my ego was kind of playing into this because one, I feel like I really liked being able to tell people like, when people are like, what do you do for work? I'd be like, you know, I, um, I'm like a motivational speaker. Like I actually, I don't think I ever said that. I would be like, I'm a confidence coach and I teach women in STEM how to build their confidence. So I speak for companies like Cisco and McAfee and Zoom. And, you know, like I, 
think that deep down there was like a part of me that just was like, it was feeding my ego and it felt really good to be able to say those things and have household names and people like, whoa, like you're a motivational speaker slash like you speak for big companies. And I just, I think that like, I got kind of caught up in that. And I think that I did have a good motive in a way because I did feel like I was kind of like a Trojan horse because I was like, I don't feel like corporate America talks a whole lot about um, it, and it's getting so much better, obviously, which is why I'm, I was being hired and everything. But I was like, I just don't feel like they're talking about like mental health or like limiting beliefs and the, the, the mindset, you know, a lot of it's just about like working harder and strategy, but no one's talking about the mindset that like impacts the strategy because like in any area of life, 80% is mindset and then 20% is strategy. So I was like, I just feel like, you know, corporate America is kind of like flip off that. And they're like, so focused on strategy, but not as focused on mindset. So I did really enjoy being able to like have these deep, vulnerable conversations and to like be having women reach out to me after speaking agents being like, oh my gosh, that was like the most vulnerable like workshop I've ever attended in corporate America. Like this was so cool and all this stuff. So, so it was good, you know, a lot of value there and, and like I saw women growing. And so it was a lot of good stuff, but again, about a year ago, I started to really become aware that it wasn't feeling very authentic to me because I was like, here I am helping women climb a corporate ladder, which is cool and amazing and badass. And like, so, I mean, so awesome. Like I'm so happy for those women. It's just that that's not my journey. You know, like I only worked in a corporate job for two years of my entire life and neither of my parents ever worked in corporate or anything. So I just have like so little corporate context to my life. And so it felt a little like almost, I don't know if hypocritical is the right word, but it did just feel inauthentic. Cause I would be like, you know, women would be kind of asking like, well, what, what would you, what should I do like in a meeting like this? Or like, what would you say like in a, in a conversation with your boss about like getting a raise? And I was able to coach on it because like, I, I just was able to like use mindset tactics and stuff and that's why it worked, but it just never felt like super in alignment. Cause I personally am an entrepreneur and I have been for so long now. And even when I wasn't an entrepreneur, you know, I was working like in the gyms and stuff. So it just felt really far off from my own story. And, and I feel like as an entrepreneur, one of the best things to do is to teach on your own story. And so over the last year, I've been kind of like thinking about and praying about like, what do I, what's my new niche? Like, I still know it's confidence. I still know it's mindset. I still am so passionate about like teaching women how to take up space and teaching women how to speak their mind and just teaching women how to be authentically themselves and like to dream bigger and and like take crazy leaps of faith and change their job and, you know, all these different things and move across the United States. Like there's so many different facets of confidence that I'm really excited about. Um, but for a while there, I kind of felt like I was moving into that, like too vague, like, okay, I'm teaching confidence, but it's a little bit vague. Like it's like confidence for your career, confidence for your relationships, confidence for moving, confidence for writing a book, like confidence for, and it's just kind of like, it's good. But again, if you try to please too many people, um, it just ends up not working super well. So from really just like a focus perspective. I felt really unfocused and like, didn't really know where to like focus my efforts. And so that brings me to the current shift that I'm in, that I'm really excited to be sharing with you guys right now. And I'm sure if any of you follow me on Instagram, you already are kind of aware of this shift happening based on my content the last like two months, but I'm now shifting into relationship coaching 
um, for single women. So how to build your confidence to be able to attract your dream husband. And so I'm really excited about it. Cause I had a lot of like, for me, it's so gosh, it's such an authentic thing because I had so much pain around my story of being single and dating guys and just being like, when am I going to meet my person? And the struggle was like so real for me. And so when I talk about relationships with women, and like women that are single that want to attract their their person and they want to be married and they want to have an incredible marriage and they don't want to listen to like what other people are saying and they want to have the self-worth to attract someone who's high caliber. Like all of that stuff is so authentic to me. And another thing I'll say is that Frankie and I, when him and I met, we both had lists of everything that we were um, believing for in our future spouse. And both of us had on that list that we believed that we were going to be speaking on stages with our significant other. And so we talked about that literally in the first couple of weeks of our relationship. So that was just another confirmation of like a million confirmations. But like this whole time that I've been on the career confidence coaching trajectory and Frankie works in tech in sales and he has his own podcast. That's like a sales podcast for people who are in like, um, enterprise, what's the word I'm looking for? Enterprise. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm trying to say entrepreneurship and enterprise together. And it sounds really weird. Anyway, enterprise sales. So it's like a totally different type of selling than like the type of selling that I do as an entrepreneur. But um, I could never understand how our paths were going to cross. And we had tried starting companies together in the past. Like we, during COVID, we're doing like meetups in the park that we were calling Limitless Lifestyle. And like, it was good, but again, there was just like a lack of clarity, a lack of focus. And then two years ago for like a hot second, we started a business together called Becoming, and it was to help single and successful entrepreneurs become the person that attracts their dream person. And so it was, kind of, it was for like men and women. And we started that and then that like fizzled and didn't do very well. And we were kind of just like fighting a lot. And honestly, Frankie was like, I don't really want to do this. And then I didn't feel like I could do it without him. So it's kind of interesting is like, I feel like this like relationship thing, it's kind of been there the whole time. I wouldn't say like the whole time, but it's been there for a while. And there's kind of been a lot of signs, but I've kind of like rejected the signs and pushed the signs away because I was like, I don't want to do relationship coaching. Like I want to teach women how to make money and how to be like total badass bosses in the marketplace and their career. And while I still love that and I'm still proud of everything that I've done and I still like, that's still something I will always believe in. I just can like feel deep in my bones and like really just like God has been calling me to do this relationship coaching for a while. And again, I could do like a whole other podcasts and all the different signs and all the different like moments where it would pop up and I would get emotional and I'd be like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm supposed to make that change. And then I'd be like, no, 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 no. Don't make the change. You're you're on a great trajectory. You've poured your heart and soul into next level confident as it is right now with career and speaking for companies and coaching and you know, all these things. And so um, so yeah, that's kind of like it's been this emotional decision because it, it's like, it'd be easier to keep going on the trajectory that I'm on. And it does feel in some ways like a short-term sad face situation. But what I will say is that even eight weeks ago when I basically, I was like, okay, like I'm just going to fully trust this. There's a reason why this keeps coming up like year after year and different ways. And there's like Frank and I've always thought we were going to speak on stage together and we it never made sense with our current 
career trajectories, but this makes sense for our relationship, like to speak about our relationship. And people have reached out to me since like really the day Frank and I met and I started sharing about our relationship. People would reach out to me all the time and be like, you know, asking me questions about our relationship and our marriage. And, you know, like, I just think we have something, I just feel really blessed because I feel like we have something that's just so, so, so special. And I really want everyone to be able to have a marriage, like our marriage, because it's just fun. And it's honestly, it's like really easy. Like, obviously we're not perfect and we totally get in arguments and stuff like that. But like, there is a level of ease and fun and just like magic to our marriage that I like just want for every single person out there. It's, I wish I could like clone my husband <laughs> for everyone and just like, cause he's just such an amazing man. Um, and I think some of that's because of the work that I did before I met him, you know, I mean, I shouldn't say, I think like, I know, I know that that's because of the work that I did, the self-worth work, the confidence work allowed me to attract such a high caliber man. And so that's why I feel a lot of confidence about making this shift in my career right now. Um, because I'm just speaking so authentically from my story and so authentically from like my journey. And so, yeah, so that's kind of the shift that's happening right now. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to just dive more into that. And I hope that what you get from this podcast again, is that like, it's okay to make changes and also just, I would really encourage you to listen to your gut and listen to those little, like, God whispers or like, especially like, I would say like whispers that sometimes like maybe make you emotional. Cause this is what it was for me. Like it would make me emotional and I would feel emotion around it. But then I would like be like, no, I don't want to do that. Like it, it, and I would just, sometimes it was a disqualification, but sometimes it was just like, oh, it's cheesy or, and I, I think sometimes in life we experience resistance and that resistance is because we're not, it's not meant for us. But sometimes I feel like there's resistance towards something that we're being called to. And it's actually because like we're supposed to do it. And that resistance is something that um, is like trying to block us from actually leveling up into what we're called to be. And like the plan that God has for our life and that purpose that's innately set inside of us. And so I don't know, something I've been pondering, and I think this could be a cool podcast topic too, is like, how to know the difference between a resistance that means this is not meant for you, this is a closed door and you should walk away versus what is a resistance that is, um, it is meant for you and it is like you're calling your purpose the direction you're meant to go and it's just like you're feeling that resistance because you're supposed to push past it and level up into it because it's actually like the thing that's going to change your entire life, you know? Um, So I don't have an actual answer for that. I would need to like ponder on that one a little bit more before I can answer that. But I know for me, I guess the quick answer is this just kept coming up over and over and over and over again. And like now that I for eight weeks have been trying out some content on Instagram, like, okay, let's just see how this relationship content goes. Things are like exploding and blowing up and like every reel is like getting a lot of traction and helping a lot of people and my audience is growing. And and so that's where I'm like, I think this is a good thing. Like, I think this is, I really am believing this is the path I meant to be on. It's not completely easy to make all the shifts and changes, um, you know, to all my content and to, you know, right now I'm, I'm making changes to my course, Confident Life Academy, um, to, to mirror like this new path. But even though it's not like super, super, super easy, 
I, it feels really right. And I will say like, I've been really just giving myself permission to have ease within it. Like I keep being like, you know what, maybe this is going to be easier than I think. Like maybe this actually isn't going to be super painful and super nails on chalkboard and super resistancy. Like maybe it's actually just going to be easy. And so I've been really, really pressing into that mindset of like, this is going to be easier than I think. Like there's going to be flow in it. There's going to be ease in it. And just speaking those words over my life. And so if you are in a time of transition and you're not sure like how it's feeling, just start to speak that ease over it. And if you're feeling a lot of resistance, I would just say, you know, for me, it's always about praying, like pray on that resistance and be like, okay, is this good resistance because it's meant for me? Or is this resistance of like doors are closing and I'm not meant to keep overcoming that hurdle over and over and over again. And I think that when you like sit still, you know, with God and like, and just like you're knowing and and in the quiet of your home and just getting still, I think a lot of answers are revealed to you. And that's kind of what happened for me in this journey is like really sitting down and reflecting is what like brought this to the surface for me. And so, yeah, so that's what I would say for you. So thank you for listening to this episode. If you have any questions or thoughts, please shoot me a DM on Instagram at Janelle underscore Lene. And I look forward to spending more time with you in the near future on the podcast. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the Next Level Confident podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or found it helpful, would you do me a huge favor and either share it on your Instagram stories and tag me or leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. It helps us reach more people with this message. Frankie and I love and appreciate you all so much. And remember, the most effective way to become your most confident self is by slowing down, doing the inner work, and deciding to show up as the version of you who already has magnetized all of your desires. Thank you.